0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, I have no issue in particular with tattoos or those who have them, but I have to confess that seeing some of the more, well, let's call it eccentric skin art out there, makes me believe that tattoo parlors really ought to have a sign over their entrance that says something like, Think before you ink. They should place a recording in the background in the, in the uh, waiting room that reminds people do you really, truly want to have your girlfriend's name tattooed on your shoulder for the rest of your life? Consequently, it might not surprise you to learn that tattoo removal has become a rather big business in America. More and more tattoo bearing people are experiencing what is called tattoo regret syndrome. In fact, According to a 2018 Harris Poll survey, the number of Americans with tattoos and those considering removal is on the rise. And as you might guess, it's not cheap. To remove a single tattoo can take up to 12 sessions, which are spaced out over the course of two years, and each one of those treatments can cost between one and $400. I can't help but wonder, If our regrets showed up on our skin as tattoos, just how marked would you and I be? What pictures would we see in the mirror? Perhaps the face of someone we hurt, the amount of money that we've squandered, all the couldas and the wouldas and the shouldas, I could have been a better dad, I should have paid closer attention in class. I should have been smarter with my money. I could have been a better student. Well, dig around in the basement of your life, and what do you find? Wasted years? Obsessive greed? Destructive diversions? Anger? Arrogance? Selfishness? Adultery? Racial slurs? What can we do with all of these unwanted marks? Well, we could be defensive... When we're defensive, we don't have to admit anything. We don't tell anyone about what we have done. We keep those skeletons safely locked up in the closet where they belong. We seek exoneration, someone to tell us that we've done no wrong. We don't seek forgiveness. When we're defensive, we reduce life to one goal, and that goal, hide the secret. Keep it secret. Cover it up. Don't address it. Don't admit it. And whatever you do, don't confess it. When we see marks of regret, there is another option, but it's not much better. In fact, it's often worse. That option is defeat. When we're defeated, we feel as though we don't make mistakes. We feel as though we are the mistake. We didn't screw up. We are the screw up. We beat ourselves up repeatedly with blame and with shame. We take the role of judge, jury, and accusing attorney, and the the verdict, guilty, Guilty forever. Defensive people hide marks. Defeated people replay marks over and over again. This bids the question, is there a better way? Certainly there is. For in the church, Christ offers us what the world never could, that we could be delivered, washed clean of all those ugly marks. As we begin Lent on this Ash Wednesday, we also begin a sermon series which is called Witnesses to Christ. And the very first person who helps us follow Christ to his cross at Calvary, where this journey through Lent will end, is none other than Jesus' own cousin, John the Baptist. What does John the Baptist say about us when we are defensive about our sin, when we are defeated by our sin? He says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He tells us that when it comes to all of those ugly marks, the ones we'd rather bury and the ones that we can't stop replaying, there is deliverance for you and me. Behold. That's the very first word he utters. Behold. Behold literally means to see. The verb can be translated as look. Gaze, stare, take note, behold means this is the whole point of what I am saying. John the Baptist says it again in John 1 verse 36, behold. And in both of these verses, the 29th and the 36th, John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God, for here is the center of your salvation. This isn't any ordinary old Lamb, rather this is the Passover Lamb of God, whom all of those Passover lambs we read about throughout Israel's history pointed the way toward. John the evangelist, the gospel writer, uses the word Passover 11 times throughout the course of his writing. Think about that, 11 times. His gospel is positively structured to help you, Christians, see, behold, gaze, take note of the Christ. Here is your Passover lamb. Exodus 12, verse 5 says that the Passover lamb must be a male, perfect, spotless, and without defect. Exodus 12, verse 7 says that the Israelites were to take this spotless lamb and they were to place its blood over the sides and lintels of their door frames. This blood would set the Israelites free free from stacking bricks, free from cracking whips, free from the Pharaoh's countless denials and tricks they were marked by the lord their god to be passed over and to be set apart behold the lamb of god the lamb of god who takes away the verb takes away interestingly is in the present tense maybe you noticed meaning what that christ just didn't come in one place and time and take away one group of people's sin but that he still takes away today he takes away tomorrow he takes away and next week next year he'll take away and what does he take away well it is the sin of the whole world this includes our sin yours and mine those ugly shameful haunting sins every single one that we've ever committed all of them he does away with Christ not only takes away our guilt, that's the sin which is committed by us, but Christ also takes away our shame. That is the sin which is committed against us. Guilt is when we feel that we've done wrong, and shame is what we feel when we have been wronged. We all know what public shame feels like. Whether you've been branded by divorce Marked by some infirmity or handicap, saddled with alcoholic parents, crushed because of a child's arrest, or if you may feel stigmatized, because you've lost your job, dropped out of school, lost a spouse, your home, your life savings, and now everyone knows. But shame isn't just public, there's also private shame, and we felt that too. Maybe you've been pushed to the edge by an abusive spouse. Maybe you've been taken advantage of by someone you trusted. Maybe you've been seduced by someone in authority over you. Maybe you've been teased without mercy by the other children or by your peers and co-workers. No one else knows, but we know. And that makes us want to bury that shame. We put our hands over our ears, we splash water on our face, we go for a long drive, but... Nothing takes the shame away. Nothing takes away our guilt. For sin has marked us. It has branded us. And that's that. End of story. But Christ says it's not. You do not have to drink your sin away. You cannot work your sin away. There's no way to explain or eat or cry your sin away. And you cannot bury it. So, behold The Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. I know this may be hard to believe, dear brothers and sisters, but most of us have carried our ugly marks for so long that it's hard for us to imagine what our life would be like without them. Can you even imagine it? God can imagine it. God does imagine it, but more than that... God doesn't just imagine it. He sends John the Baptist who says, Behold, look, see, gaze. Here is the whole point of what I am saying. Here is the center of the gospel of salvation, and it is Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The Passover Lamb does it all, and He does it for all. The Passover lamb does it all for you. And so during this Lenten tide, the church joins its voice together in prayer. Jesus, please take it all away. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, do not be afraid of this prayer. Do not be afraid of what it might conjure up or dig up or reveal to you. Tell your Savior about it. Tell Jesus what you said, what you saw, what you took, how you feel. Tell Jesus what you thought. Pray this prayer as often as needed, one, two, ten times a day, and hold nothing back, for He can take it all. No guilt is too ancient or too recent. No shame is too evil or too insignificant. No marks are so malicious that they cannot be completely removed by Christ Crucified for your sin, Jesus, take it away. So often we're tempted to say, Jesus, take it away. What a loser I am. But that doesn't work. There's no qualifiers here. For one thing, you're not a loser. You're God's baptized child. He loves you. He shed his blood for you. For another, those marks are only removed when they are exposed to grace, when they are laid bare. Before the mercy seat of the Christ. So, this day I ask you, what is it that you need grace for? For being a bad person? Well, that's too general. For losing your patience at a meeting? For calling your co worker a creep? Maybe, you could confess that. But confession isn't punishment for sin, confession names a sin so that it can be exposed to the grace of Christ. Therefore, be firm in this prayer and don't add your own works, your own qualifiers, your own labels to it. For Satan, he traffics in shame and guilt. That's what he wants from you. He won't give up without a fight. And so say to Satan, I left my sin with the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And now it's time for a clean start, a blank slate, a new beginning. That's what Lent is all about. We need not be defensive or defeated. Today, we can be delivered. And we are delivered by looking not at the shameful marks of this world, but God's marks. For you see, God, He has marks too. God has marks on His hands and His feet. Behold. Behold, look and see and gaze, for here is the point of this Lenten season. Christ says in the prophet Isaiah, the 49th chapter, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Jesus has your name written where he can see it. Your name is on his blood-stained hands. He loves you that much. If you've ever wondered How God reacts when guilt and shame have you cornered or when you're ready or when they're ready to swallow you whole. If you've ever wondered how God feels when you are lost or abandoned or helpless, if you've ever wondered what God would do if he ever found out about it all, then frame these words and hang them where you can see them. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Trust these words. Believe these words, stand below these words, and trust that Christ, crucified for you, has taken your guilt away. Jesus took the nails. He carried the cross, and on that God-forsaken cross, he took away all your sin and shame. He hung there, crucified for you, and still he says, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. In the end, it's these marks and only these marks which truly matter. The marks on Christ's hands which will never be erased. The marks that he has taken off of you and onto himself, marking you for his salvation in his most mighty name. Amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.